very slowly. So I'm going to make a really short sweep. Um, I was introduced to Paul's way of talking about this stuff about three years ago. And um, it kind of scared the crap out of me. It really, it really jolted me because I had never heard it said about this thing. Um, Paul's approach to this stuff is very in your face and to the point, and the mind can't escape it. And I think that's where the power lies. And that's what's so unique about his voice to source. His um, message is pretty clear. Look at thoughts. See how they are constantly reinforcing separation and constantly reinforcing the ego. And do that now, because you can, in real time. Don't write it down as a note and take it home later and decide to do it when you might have more time yourself or, you know, when your kids are in bed or when you're not at a retreat. Do it now, do it here. And again, that's the Thanks for having me again this year, and uh, what she so eloquently said, there's a little bit of a difference. The thoughts don't really uh, imply the separation, it's the my of the thought. Yeah. The thought, in a sense, doesn't have any power other than the one who believes they're thinking it. Yeah. That's where it goes, because you can have the same thought that I'm having right now, and that thought seen as yours has no effect on me. But if the same thought that's driving you crazy was held as mine, it would have the ability to affect me. Yeah? The thought doesn't have the ability to affect me. But the my opens me up to the effect of the thought. Yeah? The my is the act of being identified as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Which its major foundation is the sense of being the doer. Yeah? So the doing is the self, I call it, let me use some glossary terms because some people haven't, may have not heard me. So selfing is an important word that I use, which is, uh, I don't want to give the term self because that's giving it too much credit. Yeah? Selfing is, an, is, is the act of being identified as a self. Yeah? There is no self, but there can seem to be one. Yeah? So the idea of selfing is the thought system Let's say, like, I haven't been here in a while, so some people see me and they go, Paul, you're growing your hair, right? And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm actually not growing my hair. I'm just not cutting my hair. I'm not taking a couple hours a week to grow my hair and then joining a club where we grow our hair together. It's just, as long as I don't cut it, it just grows, yeah? So, but the language, in a very sort of innocent way, implies I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. And I'm telling you, it's much, it's very, very expansive. It's implying you have a whole lot to do with things that you have nothing to do with. Yeah? Like the thought system. You know? It puts me into the position, in the position of being the thinker of the thoughts. And in that identification, every thought that's held as I'm the thinker facilitates the bondage of self. Not by its own power, but by the power that comes from me. Yeah? By me becoming identified as the thinker, as being that doer, what's happening gets my energy. Yeah. Like the Course in Miracles says it in a beautiful way. He says, you and I 
on the dreaming of this dream. Yes? You and I are the dreamer. I like to use the verb, but you and I are the dreaming of this dream. We forgot that we're dreaming this dream, and we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. Yeah? Now, how can something that's not real seem real? How can, like in recovery, we say false evidence appears real? How can false, first of all, it doesn't say it is real, it says it appears real. Yeah? So the false evidence, ability to appear real, is based on who's watching it, who's seeing it. Yeah? The only way something can seem real to you is because you are the reality. It can't get the reality from anything else. Everything else is false. So how does it feel so real to you? Because you're the reality. Yeah? You are what's looking. Like St. Francis says, you are what's looking, and, that, and that's what the you is looking for. But when you say it, you go, where, where, where? You don't see it. It's actually this event right now is what's looking. When something seems so real to you today, like let's say this, today I'm not in good shape, and this is a problem to me. It would be if you smelled it also, but this is a problem to me. And then the next day, I'm in good shape. It's not a problem to me. And the next day, I'm in bad shape. Uh, it's, it's a problem again. What is it? Does it have an inherent quality? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It seems to be neither, really. Yeah? It's based on what meaning my mind gives it. And that's one of the lessons, the lesson two of the Course in Miracles says, you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Yeah? So if something has a meaning of being real, what's giving it that meaning but reality? If something can seem so, so real, it must be lent that reality by reality itself. Where else does it get that feeling? Where else does it... How can something that is an appearance only seem so real but to what is real? Yeah? That's what's going on. You and I are, give, are giving everything all the meaning it has, and what we're taking ourselves to be has been given this meaning by mind. Yeah? And in this mind, giving this this meaning, through this apparatus, which is a thing, it lends reality to other things. Yeah. And to try to get out of the world of reality of things isn't, isn't going to work unless you see, is this the thing you are? If you're not this, then that's not that. Yeah. It's quite simple. So this idea of thought facilitating the separation, the thought producing the separation, isn't actually so. It facilitates the seeming separation. And there is no separation. It can only seem to be so. And it has to seem to be so to you and me. Yeah? Because we are what's so. That's it. <laughs> That's that. You know, it's, I tell you, it's much better to stare into one nugget than to collect a lot of nuggets, to tell you the truth. It'll do you a lot, more, a lot more service if you just entertain the one idea that captures your mind instead of trying to get all the nuggets, yeah? You'll be a nugget collector. <laughs> so if you and I are giving everything the meaning it has and the meanings of something can seem so, so real to you, where the hell is it getting that meaning from? But reality. Yeah? Where else could it get it? It can't get it from another thing that's just appearing. It couldn't, it couldn't transcend its limitations of seemingly so to produce the sense of really being so unless it's given to it by reality. You and I.
Then St. Francis said it beautifully. What's looking is what you're looking for. He didn't say who's looking. What's looking? That awareness that's looking right now out of all of our heads is the reality. And by it moving through this and becoming identified as this, it's now lending that reality to all these other things. And those things are biting us in our unreal ass. (laughs) So the way I present it is that the best way to get out of something is realize you were never in it. The only thing that can happen here is seemingly so. Meaning it appears to be true or false to you because you're the reality. Yes? So in that reality, it can lend truth to it and it can, and it can lend falsehood to it. Yes? So you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. And everything here can only reach a level of seemingly so because it is what's so that's seeing it. Yeah? And what's so isn't seen, isn't felt, isn't tasted, isn't touched, isn't conceived of. Yeah. It can't be thought about. It's prior to all that. And I don't know what else is the representation of that here and now but us. Yeah. The cats aren't giving tons of meaning to things. The cats aren't bummed out for fucking come thinking about what's not happening. We are. Our heads can entertain thoughts that aren't happening three weeks ago and produce an effect now. What could possibly do that? What could produce an effect from an effectless state? Only the reality could do that. If I think about, this is, you see it, man. Here's the bondage of self. The bondage of self, the self is not so, yeah? So it has to seem to be so. How, is it seems, how does it seem to be so? It's remembered, yeah? So now, let's say, the thought system holds us as a body. That's when, when the thought system is thinking of you, it thinks of you as a body. Yeah? And so now it thinks of you as a body, and it thinks about you five years ago. If it, if it thought about you as space, how is it going to compare the space of five years ago to the space now? It's the same space. Yeah? <laughs> oh, that space is so much better. No, it isn't so much better. It's always the space. The space. But here... So the thoughts don't go to that because it's about me. The mind is interested in those thoughts because they're going to tend to me in the past. Yeah. Now, if I was listening to you about all this stuff about you in the past, I would be bored stiff. <laughs> but because it's me, I'm quite quite interested in what it was like to be me back then. Yeah. So there it is. The, the body is pictured as you. And then thoughts coagulate around it. And the interest and attention is strong enough to keep to mind something out of it. The thoughts do not mind anything out of it. Your interest and attention does. And then you have the feeling of you being back then is now remembered now. You don't remember the self in the past. You remember the self now by thoughts about the past, held as your thoughts. Yeah. And the same thing, the same thought system thinks about you in the future. Yeah. And then by doing that, it remembers you when? In the future? No, now. It's the remembrance of self. That's why St. Francis says it's in self-forgetting. That's why Dogen, a great Zen master from Japan, said to study all of Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. 
when you realize or entertain it's not that, you're going to lose interest in it, and that's the act of forgetting self. And if it's forgotten, it has no influence on you. Because it's your influence given to it that's screwing you. If you see the beast, it doesn't have rain over you anymore. You wake up. Now you're not identified at this camera location. See, what happened with me... You know, I heard this message, and so there's the aperture of my head, you know, my mind. And it was locked in this, let's say, 35 degrees opening. I thought this was what I really was, yeah. And then suddenly I heard this idea, and the aperture opened. But it didn't go like this, it opened like this. And that what was seen to, what was thought to be behind the camera was seen to be in front of the camera. This, yeah. All the thought had me behind the camera, but the seeing showed me where I was, which is in front of the camera. I'm content and only content. And so the level this can reach is seemingly so. To what? That which is so. Yeah. So it wasn't like boom, 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 and then, oh, I'm getting clearer, clearer, clearer. It's like, I'm getting clearer, I'm getting clearer. There is no why. <laughs> Whoops, I don't want to go that far. I'm getting clearer and clearer. Look at me. No, oh, wait. No, come back. It's too late then. Your head is in the tiger's mouth, bro. It's over. Too much has been revealed. <laughs> So what happened with me, something occurred and then downloads came about what I wasn't. There was never, the download of what I am is the living, the sense, it's not an experience. I don't find out, I find out about what I am, I know about what I'm not. Yeah. I know what, what I'm not and in that knowing what I'm not, I find out about what I am. I can't know it, but I find out because it lives through this event. Yeah. And like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by the fruit. A good tree can't bring forth, forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by the fruit. You can't know the tree directly, but you'll know it by the fruit. So you live, and, these, and these, this living occurs, yeah, and you get free from the bondage of self. And it's not a bondage to self. That's giving it too much credit. Yeah? It's like if I was this chair, which seems to be a real thing, and if I was bonded, it would be bonded to the chair. They have, let's say I had a pair of handcuffs, and I was bonded to this chair. Yeah. And let's say I found the right spiritual locksmith, and he'd come and he'd open the lock, and then I'd see the difference between me and the chair, and I'd be free from the bondage of the chair, up to the chair. This is bondage of self. It's an activity. It can never complete the mission but it can seem to be so. Yeah? So the gluing is everything, the selfing uses everything that's brought to us by conscious contact. It uses the thoughts under the, under the umbrella of their mind. It uses the feelings under the umbrella of their mind. It uses the perceptions under the umbrella of their mind. And it uses all of those activities to facilitate the bondage of self. It's an incredible active verb all, all day. Yeah? And the inner dialogue and the language you use supports it. You're seen to have a lot to do with something you have nothing to do with all day. You see it. And at one of the times when you see it, the emphasis will be on the seeing, not what you saw. 
Yeah? And then you'll get it, you'll see your original face, which isn't a face. So the self cannot be so. The bondage of self is an activity. It's using the thought system and everything else it can come in contact with, it takes advantage of, to facilitate the bonding. That's what it does. The bonding can only reach a level of seemingly so. It can never be so. Yeah? Because you are inherently a no-thingness. Yeah? You cannot be a thing. It would love to forget that. That's why the thought system values the past and the future. Because in the past and future, you appear. But in this moment, you don't. <laughs> it's the last place it wants to be, is right here. Because there, it's the big star. And there, it's really the big star. Yeah. But here, it's, the, it's irrelevant. Consciousness is, is in contact, and then there's awareness of it. There's no need for a name tag. So the thought system pictures you as a body, and it values past and future. Yeah? This is one of the examples of the thought system. If you're having a good day, how long does it last for you? When do you start getting suspicious? When are they going to find out I don't deserve this? I'm a, I, I haven't prepared myself well enough to receive this, or so whatever bullshit. And then, the same head, if you're having a good day, a bad day, it says it's going to last forever. Do you want that to be your theme? Do you want that to be your life's theme? That the good is going to be minimized, and then the supposed bad is going to get elongated every freaking day. It's a form of slavery. It's like a parasitical movement that's convinced the host that it's the parasite. And so now we're living for the parasite, which is an interpretation, and we're dying to what we are. We can't die to it, but we sure can seem to in time. Yeah? I remember when I was a kid in Catholicism, we had the three qualities of God, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, you know? used to blow my mind because omnipresent means he's everywhere and yet I never ran into him. I was wondering why I wasn't like rubbing shoulders with God. It was the most absent thing in my life and they're telling me it's everywhere. Yeah. That's what it's like when it's a conceptual idea. But when you realize that you're the only reality there is, you're lending it to everything. Why not lend it to no thing? You have the ability to make something that's not so seem so real. Can you imagine if you turn that ability on to making what's so real? What results would occur then? Mountains would be moved. Like he said, with a, like a grain of a mustard seed faith can move a mountain. If you turn that thing, because we're making things real all freaking day, can you imagine if we turn that reality-making little activity to reality? Find out what happens. Maybe you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. Maybe that thing you're hoping to have an experience of will stabilize as a, as, as a way of life for you. Yeah? Maybe the idea of surrender will be replaced with surrender, like a done deal. And let's get on with it. Let's get on with life. Yeah. The selfing just gives you an interpretation. Dry, dry fucking tinny doesn't have a sound like a bass note. It's all tinny. The selfie is totally agitated because it has a desire to become 
and the desire to unbecome what it believes it is, and it can't fulfill either. It cannot become a self. Yeah? And then it really whips you into trouble by it precludes or assumes that you were something you don't want to be, like a loser, yeah? which is also bogus. Yeah? So what happens if you have a desire that's thwarted? Usually you eat a lot of ice cream or get a lot of movies or do some other activities, yeah? To try to get relief from that unrequited desire. What would happen if the selfing, that mental process, can never be fulfilled? It's always going to be agitated, becoming and trying to unbecome all the freaking time. It's like a slinky. The one movement pulls it and then that moves to the next one and so on and so forth, over and over and over again. And I was going to just say it, but maybe I should pull it out. I don't have it with me. It would, sound, it would sound more authoritative if I read it from the Zen statement, the Zen treatise. But there's a beautiful Zen treatise called Faith Mind where he says a simple thing. You cannot use agitation, activity, to find stillness. That would be activity. You cannot use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. You cannot, self cannot get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. Great master Hawaiian poet. These people are saying stuff to save us freaking time. Because you're not going to override those axioms. Yeah? You can't use what's looking under the form of who's looking to find what's looking. Yeah? You can't use what's looking under the guise of who's looking to find what's looking. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked yet, and it ain't going to work. <laughs> this was incredible, because I was trying to get out of something I wasn't in. It was mind-boggling. And I was trying to get into something I can't be out of the moment. There's no moment in your life you've been out of. Not one. Not one. If they had a surveillance camera your whole life, you were there. Even though you were thinking, I'm not here. I'm really spaced out. You're there. Yeah? Oh, no, I did such a heinous thing. I can't be here. Yes, you are. Yeah. So this whole idea of getting into the moment in all those books, they blow my mind. Those self-help books blow my mind. How to get into the moment. No one ever reads the whole book, and then they get the second edition, how to really, really be in the moment. Yet, it's, a, it's assuming an impossibility is so that you could be out of the moment. You cannot be out of the moment. You are the moment. You're not in a moment. You are the moment. This moment is brought to you by what's looking. And who is it other than you? That's like they say, if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. That's what we're doing. We're throwing our own Buddhahood out on someone else, which is always going to fail us so we can be right about something, that I'm not a Buddha. That's exactly what it is. If something can seem so real to you, what is lending it that reality? What is lending this event in this world that the reality of being so real? But reality. What else could? And where is that meaning being issued from? A giant central location? Or each and every one of us? 
in our own little private Idahos, you know, in a subjective experience. You don't see that the only thing experiencing anything here is subjectivity, the what seeing, and then we have a, a downsized mental interpretation called a subjective experience that I have. That is at subjectivity being claimed by the selfing and now made an experience by the seeming you. It happens all day. It's a heist you never even see. Yeah. You only see from it. You see from the, the heist. You never see the heist. It's like we start on this game board of life at square three. Yeah. This feeling of being you, you didn't have when you were a baby. It's been produced by a mental process. When you were a baby, there was no self. There was no feeling of being you until about, they say in research, about 18 months. Yeah, And some of the research says it coincides with the language center getting developed. And they're in cahoots. Big freaking time. <laughs> they are. So there was, there is no, there, you, were net, you are not that. It's a, produced by a mental process. The tricky thing is, when it produces a mental process, like people have seen me and they go, they get a little bit of what selfing is. And then they call me or email and go, I've been selfing all day. That's the product of the selfing, the feeling that you're the one who's doing it. Yeah? Or the selfing's driving me crazy. It's not the selfing. That facilitates the feeling of the one who's being driven crazy. That's the product of selfing. The feeling of being the one. Yeah? That's the product. So here's this mental process of selfing. And then it goes on. Let's say it's happening. And then the pop-up occurs, and you become the self. Oh, I've been fucking selfing all day. This is not so. It's a verb. If you go a little farther, you go, oh, this is this. I think I've landed at the authentic me, and I'm really seeing what's going on. Pop up, and then the aperture opens behind you. What? That and seen as a verb. There is no noun. You never show up. You just appear. You see it. It's a finite event selfie. It's going to run out. Yeah. It can't keep it going. Because it's a process, and it needs your interest and juice to keep it going. And when it seems to stop, you'll be in, you'll be surrounded by the context of pause, which you've always been. Yeah. Not a content, not an activity in the content, but the context of all content. It dawns on you. The calibration changes in your mind, and now you have a stabilized relief from the bondage of self. And you know the problem from the solution. The relief that occurs when you've been detained, this, tells you that was the problem. And the beautiful thing is, from the solution, the problem is imaginary. So what happens to the solution? Poof! There's no need for a freaking solution either. You don't have to have a little pocket for your little mini solution. No. No vigilance, nothing like that. It pops. It only seems to be the solution when the problem seems real. When the solution, which is us, realizes it's an imaginary problem, there goes the solution. And then you then you are that. Yeah. Which you've always been. So I don't know, you know, for me it was that way. It's like a statement of, you know, you'll never be lost if you're not going anywhere. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. The idea of that why didn't I why was it I never succeeded getting out of these things I wanted to get out of? Because I wasn't in them. 
That was the dilemma. I was taking them to be so, yeah, and that affirmation was reinforced by my trying to get away. So trying to get out of self is a very huge form of being in self. Because self can't get out of self. You see it, and then you realize it's an impossibility that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? The problem is imaginary. No need for a solution. Now get on with it. seeing that other another aspect of the mental's addiction to the idea of being a self, which is sometimes the mental addiction to the idea of being a non-self as a self. <laughs> and you guys don't have any interventions. You don't, you don't have any 28-day programs. I mean, I'd love to go to your house, take all your books away, your DVDs, and, and rip up all those uh, subscriptions to another retreat. I would. <laughs> and I have to say, I'd probably enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> but I saw it, and... Um, can't use what you're looking for to find out what you're looking for. It's a recognition of what you're not, and that's how you open up to finding out what you are. Yeah? Like in Zen, a very high form of mind is called I don't know. So in the I don't know, you're relegated into finding out. Now that's a much more convincing form of knowledge than knowing. Yeah? Knowing is matched with unknowing, and they're going to go that way, just like achievement is matched with Losing. So if you believe you've achieved something, then you're also going to believe you can lose it. Yeah, that's not worth fucking having. Yeah? It's got to be taken out of your hands for it to stabilize. 
It just does. And for me, this message is an invitation, yeah? not a dissertation. It's sort of like if my car broke down and uh, I wanted to start, obviously, my friend was there, and we had a gas can, I'd take the air filter off, and there's the carburetor, and I'd ask him, I'd say, wait a minute, and I'd start trying to start the car, I'm pumping the gas, and I'd say, all right, put some gas in. And then as soon as it fired up, that would be it, yeah? Now it's time to enjoy the ride. But if you keep pouring gas into the carburetor, it's going to flood again. Yeah? To me, in spirituality, more doesn't mean better. You know, what do you want to call spirituality? Yeah? Sometimes it's the slightest little offhand remark sends your mind into an openness. Yeah? I believe in repetition. I think it's a good thing. So a message can be repeated quite often. A dissertation repeated gets fucking boring to me. But a message can be repeated quite a lot. And that's what it is, yeah? It's an invitation and a message. It's like always an introductory offer. And the thing why is you're the product. You're the product. You can't sell it to me. You're it, yeah? The only thing is it's being preceded, which can never be preceded by, but the mental process plays with time. When the mental process of selfing, yeah, produces a sense of self, the sense of self thinks it was prior to the mental process that produced it, yeah? That's the trickiness of it. It's sort of like a, it's like this bait of mind jump, falls into the space of mind, yeah? And then the part of the mind reaches for it, as soon as it bites the bait, it turns into a fish, yeah? And when it turns into the fish, it thinks it's a historical fish. It has a feeling it was there, and it has a feeling it's going to be there, Yeah? That's how it's remembered all the time. It has a very simple logic. I was there. I will be there. Therefore, I am here. It has to reinforce what's not so for it to seem to be so. That's why the inner dialogue is constantly going on. Because it has to apply a glue every freaking second to try to produce a bonding. And it cannot produce the bonding. So what it does, it seemingly looks like it. Yes? It's applied so often, you don't see the gaps or the pauses. You take yourself as a continuum. You have a linear story with tons of gaps. Every moment of this horizontal timeline is being inserted vertically by that timelessness. Yeah, but we forget quite a lot of it. And if you hit a, if you have a miracle, let's say in the morning, you forget it by noon. But if you have a resentment that never happened, you're still thinking about it 30 years later. You have to see the bias of the conditional mind. It is not a level playing field. The, the game is rigged. Yeah? And it will use spirituality, it will use anything it comes in contact with to facilitate the bondage of self. Yeah. It's like your name and my name, when it's heard in mind, it's like, you know, that the internet with the cloud now, all the information's up there, you never can't see it. Well, that's what it's like. In the mind, in this, this possibility, the word Paul stands and represents tons of old ideas, tons of conditionings, tons of beliefs, yeah? And a thought comes by, it's tattooed with, I'm the thinker of it, and that becomes the bridge where this information can download and find expression in this life through me. 
I give everything, all the meaning it has. And that meaning is going to be determined and defined. If it's coming from selfing, it's like a very small frame. No matter what comes to you, it's going to be made into something that can fit within the frame. It's never going to allow it to question the frame itself. It's going to morph it into something. Even nothing, which this message is, will be made, will, the mind will attempt to make it into something, something. And as soon as it seems to be something, it's neutered. It doesn't translate where the rubber meets the road. You're not traveling lighter on Tuesday, Wednesday night at 9, Thursday morning at 7. Yeah? That isn't your basic state. There's still agitation is reigning supreme. And then it's like a form of slavery. You're moving in this moment only to get to the next moment. Yeah? And then when you get to that next moment, no matter how much importance you put in it, it becomes this moment again. And you're constantly being moved like a big hand behind you, pushing you, pushing you in time. We're drenched in time. The whole feeling of time, the thought system is drenched in time. Yeah? Everyone is, it's like, it's like we're in that hamster cage and we think they're all motorized. You don't realize it's you that's moving the cage. Yeah? They're not motorized hamster cages. If you stop, it stops. And you don't see the correlation? If you stop, it stops. What the hell is it if it stops when you stop? The only it it is is what it is to you. When you wake up, man, and the fact is it's not even a, an event. You just come to a... a, an, a an absolute fact, that's all. The mind just comes to it. It's not like it was achieved or made, like it wasn't there. It's always been there at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. It's just available. We're the one, like in The Course in Miracles says, the biggest impediment to us enjoying the holy instant, which they use to terminal, you know, the terminology about now, right? The holy instant. The biggest impediment for us to enjoy the holy instant is our believing that we, we don't deserve it. And we have to prepare ourselves for it somehow. Which is the act of playing God. The offer is freely given. We're the one who put the requirements on it. I think it's good news, tell you the truth. I really do. To me, I see some spirituality as very passive, very victim-based. And this is a very empowering yeah. You get to be your own authority. Not as the pseudo subject, but as the true subject. Yeah. Blue becomes blue and red becomes red. There's no confusion anymore. It's all there's no freaking confusion at all. Yeah. Almost never a why enters the picture. Maybe it's how, but not why. You want to see the workings of things, but you don't have, there's no interest in why whatsoever. You know what I mean? People want to get into metaphysical mind candy. I have actually no interest in it. I, it's like dog shit awareness. That's simple. It just works for me. You know, I have my friends, they're like Zen martial arts, sword masters. They have more arcane information about esoteric Buddhism. I have like 40 books they've given me. I've never read one of them. I just have no interest in it. And that's the joy. There's so much interest in the no interest in it. The interest, I swear to God. There's so much interest in it. That interest just, just hanging in nothingness. It becomes the abidance of truth. 
The same energy can either be the obsession with self or the abidance of truth. It's the same energy. Yeah? It's based on how you're seeing it. Yeah? You and I are the reality. Where else is there a reality other than right now, here? And what's viewing it? What's witnessing it? The reality. To put it anywhere else would be using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yeah? Using light to seek light. Using mind to seek mind. You see? If you put it one inch away, it's thousands of foot, thousands of miles. Distance gets produced by one little inch. One little inch of, um, I may not be that, then all of this becomes so. All of it. Yeah. Why? Because it's you. Yeah. Any questions today? <laughs> yes. I make a living building sales and marketing teams. And if I was building a business to go sell spiritually and non-duality, you'd be the worst salesman in the world. <laughs> you'd kill it all. You'd kill the whole business, the whole everything. No customers, no nothing. You just chop it in half. <laughs> <laughs> If I was some, if I was a someone, I'd be proud about that. <laughs> I feel like a gunslinger. <laughs> if you can't get someone's attention, then irritate the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at it. <laughs> Experience like you, you don't really know, and then you kind of you live and you kind of get some hints of what's you. But because you have been information of what's not you, does it mean like that uh, you are just you know everything or something infinite, and you are getting like a perception from some other like um, from some other consciousness or something like that, or from the global consciousness? <coughs> like what what might it mean that like? What, I would say mind. I like, if you know a little bit of Zen, you know, Chinese, old Chinese Zen, they use the word mind. And I really, that's that. See, for me, words convey something. They become a sense-felt thing. And that one produces a lot of sense-feltness in me when I use the word mind. So I don't know to the extent of it. I don't see that there's any limit on it. And uh, I think that's what we are, actually, is that mind. So it's possible like, to get experience from like, you know, somebody else or some other... I'm not getting experience from other people else. The downloads usually come when I'm having a, doing a talk, because I'm not, I'm not in like a get ready, get set, go room. You know? I'm not preparing for these talks. Yeah? The best preparation to me is not being prepared at all. I'm telling you the truth. The greatest security is an insecurity. Yeah? So I don't know what's going on. I have the downloads sometimes is go, doing this, and then there's downloads that don't uh, download any information. Yeah, they're like light. But then there's also there's some that have information in it, and then the brain sort of plays like a, a, a dictation, dictates the the energetic imprint into words and tries to put it out here. That's basically it's like playing jazz in a way, but in the mind. 
Yeah? You have one note, and you riff on that note. Like everyone says, well, what are you going to be talking about this week? The same as last week. Yeah, I, never, I never leave the basic note, because there's no purpose and point in leaving it. Yeah? Because you're the basic note. Yeah. If you're rushing to get to the next note, there's a there's a, a lack of understanding that you're the you're the note yeah. you're the first note. Let's dwell on that because you're like the baseline that all the other notes are going to play under and over. You're the one baseline. You, yeah. You're the one reality to everything else that's appearing. Yeah. So I would say it's mine. That's how I I like the your mind because it's a living field for me because it's very alive. And it's very, uh, it's just like when we pulled up to the lake today. The lake was calm, yeah? And so there's, so let's say that's like mind. And so now the lake is calm, and now it's being able to reflect. You can see the clouds in it and all the surrounding trees, yeah? Now, if, it get, if the surface gets agitated, when you look at the surface, all you see is the effects of the agitation on the surface. You don't see the reflection of the sky, do you? Yeah? That's what mind is like. The mind... There's an aspect of mind, this little thing called selfing, that's very agitated. And because it's been told to us, to the mind, that it's about us, our interest and attention is, is going there quite a lot. And all we see is surface. Yeah? It's all agitation. That same mind, like they say, light mind and ordinary mind are the same mind. It has the ability to reflect the sky like outside in the lake. Yeah? Your mind is like that. Your mind, our mind, is like a, the sky. Yeah? It allows a lot of stuff to happen in it, but everything that happens in it doesn't affect the sky. If there's like a 4th of July event and they have all the explosions, the sky doesn't get ripped open, does it? No. When it rains, it falls down on the earth. If a bird shits, it doesn't land on the sky, it lands on your car. Yeah? This, is this is what happens. So this, and you never hear at an airport, oh, I ran into a big chunk of sky up here. No. The sky is the space for a lot of, all this stuff to appear in. Yeah? And not, you never see a cloud that just perches for 50 years <laughs> in the sky. You know what I mean? It usually keeps moving. You know what I mean? Sooner or later. <laughs> see, we want to be the cloud that's in the sky to take the place that's perched there. That takes the place of the sky. So all our attention and interest doesn't go into that incredible infinite space of mind. It hits the cloud with a little happy face. Oh, it's me. <laughs> and that attention on the cloud, could, the aperture gets so small, you miss all the possibilities that are offered in the sky. Yeah. So I would say sky, mind is like sky. Yeah. A lot of things are moving through it, but none of what's moving through it ever affects it one iota. You have never been, you've never been tattooed or henna tattooed or besmirched. And there's no marks on the sky by all your freaking behavior. Not one mark on the space that we are. Not one. There's nothing to be forgiven because nothing ever fucking happened. Look at the Course in Miracles if you're interested in it. Look at the atonement. Atonement is the recognition that no one did anything here. That's what it means. How is that going to happen? How is that going to be able to become fruition by taking yourself by something that's happening? Yeah. When you're going to say, nothing ever happened here, yet you believe you're happening here. (laughs) You're included. (laughs) 
See, I, a lot of people want to be here to experience their own absence. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you're not going to have that day. If you're waiting to get it, you're going to wait a long freaking time. Yeah. And the Course in Miracles is all about saving time. Statements like St. Francis says, what's looking, what you're looking for is about saving time. The statement of you can't use activity to produce stillness, that would be activity. It's there to save time. You ever read these succinct little statements that have an incredible wealth of information in them? And all of it is about saving time here. So, I have five more minutes, yeah? This is the only thing I have to do this week. It's incredible. Oh, I do. Oh, no, I don't. (laughs) Who's in charge here? (laughs) You are. This is easy. I only have one talk. This this is like vacation. Yeah. Great. I'm here. I just like I do one hour and then I go and luxuriate at the hotel. Great. So we have to go to three thirty. What do you mean by saving time? Saving time. In other words, here you're living seemingly as an action figure that has a destiny in time. Yeah. Saving time is when the timelessness of life becomes the moment for you. Yeah? When you have the sense of the timeless moment, that's a huge amount of saving time. Yeah? And every moment in time is actually saved from time, and you get the sense of timelessness. Yeah? It can happen so quickly. One little statement can send you there. What unfortunately sometimes happens, the statement, something occurs, and then you're there, and then the head shows up and says, I just have an experience of being there, which is now not there. Yeah. Because you watch the head claim. It will claim your its own absence and, have, and make it an experience it had. Whatever it comes in contact with, it has no respect for a 4,000-year tradition, no respect for robes, no respect for meditation pillows, Whatever it comes in contact with is going to take advantage of to promote this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's what it does. Yeah? And it uses time to do it. So when you're accessing the sense of timelessness, you're saving its biggest weapon. Yeah? It, has to, it uses time to stretch this, uh, this non-event out. The timelessness of the moment frees you from that. Yeah? It's as if... Like, when this dawns on you, there's no thing of, I was missing it, or I, I should have done something that produced it quicker. The One of the biggest emphasis drops off is time. It's like, you weren't missing anything. None of that happened. Yeah? When the waking up occurs, in a sense, that's all there has been. You see that everything else was folly, in a way. Yeah? This is, see, we never want to go and try to make time irrelevant, but if, if you're sensing timelessness, it is made irrelevant. That's the beautiful thing. If you try to go head on, it never works, yeah? If you try to get out of something that you're not in, you're not going to get out of it, yeah? But if you question what is it that believes it's in, and you entertain, I may not be that, that's the experience of being out of it. Now you have an experience of being out of it, but it's produced by the realization you were never in it. Yeah? 
It's never produced by, I finally dragged myself out of that terrible place I was in. No. The realization is, you were never in it. And that doesn't take any time. It doesn't take any time to get out of an imaginary place. It doesn't take, and this is called saving time. Just like with what's not happening. What, all, what is it that you need to do to deal with what's not happening? Just realize it's not happening. Yeah? If I was a therapist, that's what I would specialize in. I'd have about 40 in, you know, uh, appointments a day. They were expecting to get an hour, but as soon as they started bitching about what was not happening, I'd say, that's not happening. <laughs> and then they'd out, and I'd get no, I'd make about 6,000 a day. They'd be coming in like a factory. <laughs> Out, out, wait a minute, I want to talk about what? Not happening? No. Seriously, what are you going to do? As soon as you try to do something about what's not happening, it's happening, seemingly. See? It seemingly can be happening to you. The word, the, the important word is seemingly. It's appearing to be true or false to you. It has no reality other than the reality we lend it. Yeah? You and I are the reality. And if you use the reality to seek the reality, it will seem like that isn't so. Yeah? So question what feels like it isn't real. See if it's you. If it ain't, what is, what's going to happen? Find out. But I would imagine something is going to download and you're going to get a hit. Aha! An understanding, an unspoken yes, and then the, something will be put down. Some clarity will arise. You won't be fooled by a lot of things that you are being fooled by anymore. Yeah. Without any thought or effort on your part, and no vigilance either. It's entertaining. Just like you, that you're entertaining how screwed you are right now, it's the same quality, using that quality of entertaining and putting it on that which is worthy of being entertained. What's real? Yeah. And of course it's going to express itself through us. When we lend the ability to make something real to reality, guess what? Your that's going to start expressing through you, through others in life to emphasize that to you. You're going to see the reflection of what's so in its fruits. It's like the, it's the living scripture. You become the living scripture. All day you're finding out about what cannot be found out about. Yes. So, in what you just said, there seems to be about you know turning a turning back. That you can, there's some choice in it that you can turn towards God, that you can turn towards truth. Well, well, if it's, if you feel like you have choice, exert it. I don't believe. I think everything is seemingly so here. It can appear to be true or false to you. Yeah. A lot of people are trying to deny free will when they feel like they have free will. How's it working? Well, in this instance where it feels like you can bring it in or not, you can turn forward, it does feel like a choice. I can turn away. I can feel the turn away. Well, why don't we make that choice together right now? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Just entertain the choice turning towards it. Yeah. You want to do it together? All yeah. of us?
that presence will come in, you'll sense it, and now you will push it away based on your little conditions and requirements. Yeah? You will allow it to be exactly what it wants to be through you, instead of making it what you want it to be as you, or in you, or by you, or for you. Yeah? Like we have a statement in recovery that says, turn your will and your life over to the care of a higher power of your own understanding. So after a few years of that, it hit me that, you know what? I'm turning my will and my life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding. That's revelatory. Yeah? I don't want to have that power have to enter me through the frame of me. It's going to be a very small God, and I'll be the bigger God. Yeah? But... I want to have a higher power of its own understanding. That's revelatory. Yeah? That's about being surprised quite a lot. That's about finding out. And when you find out, it's thoroughly convincing. Yeah. Yes? Just on reality, how, do you, how does someone reconcile this, this whole reality they speak about? they're living day-to-day chronic pain or they suffer from manic depression which they have to fuel drugs into their body to, to remove this chronic pain or whatever it is. Now straight for us, we're sitting here and we're, we're having these lofty discussions or whatever, but what's what if someone wakes up in their bed and they're, they're filled with cancer and they, their whole life is not even pain? Well, I'll tell you what I've noticed with this. If you entertain these possibilities... It may not change the geography of your life, but you'll travel lighter over it. Yeah? You'll travel, travel lighter over the cancer. Yeah? You'll travel lighter through the pain. Yeah? So maybe you may not be able to avoid the pain. Some things have to burn down to the nub here, but you can travel lighter over it. And that's what I found this does. That's the gift. And to me, that's the, that's the highest gift of all. If you could just, instead of having these peak giant experiences... If you had every day the possibility of it being heavy, lightened, yeah, every day, just a little bit of that skin off, after, after a period of time, you would see the great value of what you're entertaining. So this isn't a panacea for physical illnesses, but you'll be allowed to travel a lot lighter than you would if you weren't entertaining this. I've seen it, yeah? My girlfriend got cancer, uh, colon cancer and she'd been entertaining this idea and she traveled damn well through it and I've seen a lot of people do it I have a lot of faith in mind yeah that's why I'm willing to deliver this because I know the mind that's there is that which we're speaking about I'm not speaking to you you may you may think you're the myth that's catching it I'm speaking to mind yeah that's what's going to initiate everything not you you're like a you're like an afterthought, yeah. And it knows when it hears this. I see it in the rooms. An energy that sort of shows up, and it's very, very. Uh, it's like you've been served a spiritual subpoena, without yeah. <laughs> even knowing. And you're going to have to leave the court of mind and go to the court of light. And in the court of light, all your fucking omissions and commissions have been annulled. You'll be let off your own big hook. Seriously. You see it. Look at the head. The selfing is based on agitation. So let's say it gets keen on a, a topic called enlightenment. What does it do? What does it do with enlightenment? It produces it, it makes more agitation of mind 
than anything else. The more noble the idea, the more apt it's to drive you crazy. Yeah, you don't see it. People think about peace, and they like peace, but they're, agita- they're, agi- they're so agitated trying to get it. Yeah. I, lived in a, I lived in a compound in Australia. This person had a lot of money, and he was a spiritual practitioner, whatever. And so uh, every day he'd like to meditate at 5.30. So he'd drive around like on this golf cart in the grounds and tell all of us, I want no, no sounds from 5.30 to 6.30. So he was totally agitated in the pursuit of peace. Yeah? I saw him at 5.28. He was totally fucked, but he was thinking he'd be great at 5.30. Yeah, and no one made a noise. Like this. You don't see it? You don't see the insanity of it? Yeah. I'm going to use this moment of peace to really get worked up about a future moment I think is really going to be peace. What's... To me, that's an insane deal. You're giving over what's actually happening to this mythical idea of what's going to be so much happening better later. Yeah? You don't see it as a form of slavery? You don't see the here and there of it all? I used to have that old story. i got to stretch the time out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going back to my old... It would be good if I could remember them. That's the problem. This one I remember. So this is like... It's just... demonstrates a, a typical movement of conditional mind called here, there. Yeah? So let's say I'm sitting in my house in a one-bedroom apartment, and I'm having, feeling really quite good and stuff, and then I'm reading a magazine, and they have a full-page printout of this beautiful room, this ensemble with a gorgeous couch, yeah? and it's meant to buy the couch. So I'm reading it, and when I see the couch, my head starts telling me, hey, that's a really nice couch, you know? And then I start looking around my room and I notice it's couchless, you know? And I'm starting to think, you know, I tell you, I bet you my life would be so much better if I had a freaking couch, you know? And I'm thinking, I bet you I'd conceive my first child on that couch. And I'm getting really worked up and I'm pissed why my friends who have couches haven't told me the importance of having a couch. And now, I was just fine a minute ago and now I'm really upset in the same room, in the same situation. Yeah, but now I'm like, really pissed off that I'm couchless. So, of course, I decide I'm going to buy a couch. I think a lot about it, you know, take the measurements or anything. And I'm calling my friends up and I put it on Facebook. You know, all right, a couch opening event. Come over to my house. Three drinks and everything. No one says yes, you know. Call what? No likes or whatever you do on Facebook. <laughs> so, there I am working really hard and then I get them enough money and I purchase the couch and they're going to deliver it. I'm really excited and I make space and I'm, you know, I sweep it all up and the couch comes in. I'm like, the couch. And I sit on it. I take the plastic off it. I sit on it. And then it only takes about a minute and I think, i got to get a matching rug. <laughs> so the couch became like a mythical there that the mind, was, the conditional mind was using actually to invalidate here. Because here wasn't seen to be enough. Yeah? But there didn't seem to be it would be enough. Yeah? But when you get to the mythical there, what is it? It's here. Yeah? Every there in your head is here. When you arrive there, it will be here again. And you'll get on the, the wheel and start looking for another there. And so on and so forth. It's a form of slavery. I can't see it as anything else. And you're a willing slave. You've given over to it. You're hoping someone will break the chains? The chains are imaginary. There's no savior that's going to break your chains. 
It would have to be a magician to make it seem like you weren't chained because you're not. Yes. You have the quality of mind that's never been disturbed or touched or marred. It's the same quality. You saw it maybe more demonstrated when you were a kid, but the same mind is there. Yeah? That spontaneous and wonderment and awe that you used to have when you were a kid is waiting, a possibility, just waiting. Everything is available here. What beckons it is you and I. Nothing ever goes away because it was never here. It just disappears or appears. Yes? It's all latent. There's tons of possibilities. Hell is right there if you entertain certain things. Heaven's right here if you're open to some other things. Yeah? Everything is either is beckoned, right, or unbeckoned. They're all latently available. Your hell is waiting for you if you so wish. Yeah. But nothing is freaking so. It only seems to be so to what? To what so? Yeah. You're the end of the line. Respond to that ability. Can you share more about what your life is like now as opposed to what it was then? Well, I have to fill time, sure. Let's, well, I was born a long time ago. Now, what it was like, so today, today I woke up at 3.30 in the morning in New Jersey because I had just done a talk there last night. And a friend of mine was, was nice enough to drive me to the airport. I took two planes here, one to Charlotte, then I had to wait a little while and flew in here. I came here, a beautiful man picked me up, went to the hotel, took a shower, got some stuff together, came here, ate some food, went to the water, jumped in, swam, had plenty of time, knew it was quarter to two, I wasn't going to be late, came over here, <laughs> sat down, listened to that lovely lady who's, who's left already, present, and then... Uh, and this is happening. Yeah? Yet, the basic, the basic space is always the same. <coughs> and you know what? When I leave here, I, haven't, I cannot mine anything out of this event. It's as empty as before I came here. That's the beauty of it. Yeah? Can't make it a memory. When I go home and people ask me, how was your trip? They don't even ask me anymore because they know what my answer is. It's over. Yeah? That's it. It's over. I have no memory of what's going on here. And that's not what I'm here to shop for. I'm not trying to have an experience anymore. I'm just resting in the prior, the primary state, in a sense. Why not? Everything else comes and goes. And my feeling of what I say entertaining is, if the friend there opened up that window, and you looked out that window, and there was a frame, and, and you just saw what showed up in the window, right? You saw the bird and the bird and the bird. What happens without interest and attention is like a thought is seen, like a bird, and but it's called my bird, and now your interest and attention, when it goes off the screen, follows it and makes up a story. Yeah? You live in interpretation because of the mind. What happens is every bird flies by, and you know what? When it flies by through the space and it leaves the space, the space doesn't go with it. It's the same space that you're entertaining that's holding all of the pictures in it. Yeah? Each bird, each bird. Not one time does a bird produce an effect that pulls the space away. The space is there and everything's appearing in it. That's why, I, that's the term I use called entertaining. That's what we're doing. 
The mind is entertaining its own nature right now. It's, in, it's infinitely seeing and never alighting on anything seen. That's what the mind's entertaining. And then there's this going on. But the same, it has, it's not excluded. The inclusiveness is the mind is seeing and that's all it does is seeing. It never alights on anything, anything real so there's nothing to stop the seeing and making an event. It's just seeing. So it's constantly verbing. Verbing, 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 and there's no noun to be found. And you can sense it. You can feel it. Yeah? It's the presence. So what I did before, I was a junkie. An inter- intravenous drug user since I was 18 years old. I got run over twice in one night by a car, which is hard to do. <laughs> it is. What I made real really took a big bite out of my ass. I was in detoxes, and I was in two years and three months of programs, a lot of jail visits, tons of hospital time. I lived on bottoms, and then when I, I moved in, I put curtains up, and then I'd get evicted, I'd go to a worse bottom, and it looked like there was no stopping me. And then one day, it was a regular day at the office, I was just trying to stay loaded on alcohol until I could get high on drugs. I, was, I had ended up, I went out on St. Patrick's Day, Four days later, I was in a town called Calistoga, about two hours north of San Francisco. Didn't know how I got there. Sitting in a, in a trailer with a guy I didn't know. And we were drinking a cheap bottle of vodka called Royal Gate Vodka. And I looked at him, and I, he had a big bulbous nose and varicose veins on his face. And I said to myself, this guy's a bum, you know? And lo and behold, he was looking at me like I was a bum. And I had what we call a moment of clarity. Something, something stopped the selfie for about four minutes in my head. I didn't know it was possible. Yeah? It just stopped. And a download occurred, and all new information downloaded, which is go to a phone, book and call, a phone booth and call up and get help. I wasn't thinking about that a second before. Yeah? And then what happened is I followed some of the suggestions that were going through my head. It set off trains of circumstances that brought me to my first recovery meeting the next day. And I've been sober and clean ever since. 25 years. Yeah? Yeah. It's pretty damn amazing. And you know what? So I, I've had a demonstration in this life. A massive demonstration of what can possibly happen. I had no interest. I had given up all hope. I was just hunkering down because I knew I was going to end up in another institution, jail or death, and I just want to stay as high as I could. Yet something else had a different plan. Intruded, changed the whole the whole direction of my life in a nano, in a nanosecond. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I mean that was a pretty big player in my life: addiction and alcoholism. To have it stop like that so suddenly, with no thought or effort on my part, demonstrated. It was one of them. That was my rude awakening, I think. <laughs> <laughs> because what it was was it was like a CNN news flash, just a headline, no story, and it was I'm fucked. <laughs> and I had been screwed for quite a while, but it dawned on me, I'm really freaking screwed. And a sober assessment occurred. Hey, I am screwed. You know? And then things changed. I've had a lot of those things. But the point is, to, to, lose the, to lose the basic state by christening an event, yeah, be careful.
careful and don't compare yourself to others and listen to what they call their event because you're going to find yourself lacking. Yeah? And you're going to make them a Buddha. And then you're going you're gonna to vow that you're not. Yes? Be careful. Be careful with it. The people aren't sharing it in that intention, but I've seen mine do it, you know? They hear something, and now, let's say they said, oh, I had this moment, and I was at, let's say, Kmart, you know? And I was at the sporting goods aisle, and it was around 12 in the afternoon. People hear this, they go into Kmart, they have the sporting, 12, they're waiting, you know, a bat falls, oh, that's a, that's a sign. No, it isn't. You know what I mean? It's insane. This is, don't make it special. It's like the Eye of Sauron. You ever see the Lord of the Rings? The Eye of Sauron is looking for, is an unembodied energy. He's looking for a special ring. So he's looking, scouring the whole Middle Earth. But the thing is, he would never see nothing. And that's what this is. Yeah? The ordinary conditional mind sees no value in this. When I first heard it, it tried to take advantage of it. So I'd be at my girlfriend's house, and she'd say, Paul, I thought I asked you to do the dishes. And I'd say, there is no Paul to do the dishes. You know? And she'd say, screw you, do the dishes. So, but then it matured, and you know what? That's the beauty of it. You can't make it anything. Yeah. It's nothing. And nothing is the gift that truly keeps on giving. Nothing. You've had tons of somethings already. And when you total them all up, they add to, up to nothing. Start at nothing. Save yourself some time. <laughs> yeah. Well, the moment where you're looking at the bone, the bone's looking at you, and oh. downloads, you know, that changed the course of your life. That happens. Yeah. See, Neely. So, how can you sit on the couch and say that it happened? You know? No, 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 because, uh, see, that's the trick. Let's say mind wants something to occur. Yeah? And so, in this movie, it can make it look like things had something to do with bringing it about. And it's true on one level. But when it's brought about, you realize everything had nothing to do with it. That's one of the basic stock realizations, I find. Yeah. It just, it was like always been the case, no matter what. Now, let's say mine knew that and wanted to make it look pretty dramatic, like a movie. So then, you know, I become an addict, seemingly, and then I have this moment where it breaks through, and I've been sober ever since, and the problem doesn't exist for me anymore. It looks really good, but don't be fooled by it. Don't be fooled by it. That's just a play, that's like playing out a non-event in time. Yes? Well, well. Well, you're in a movie. This is a movie, yeah? So let's say mine wanted to look like it had forgotten something which is its own nature, and then wanted to come up, go through an event of finding out its own nature, yeah? So it would cast it into the, into the film industry, which is of time and of things, so it would look like all these things happened to bring this one thing, of, uh, one result. But the result isn't a result, it's always so, yeah? All you do is something that was obvious becomes obvious, that's all. It's not like something happened, you know? Something that was always going on becomes obvious. Yeah, that's what it's like. I have I honor all that stuff, but I don't put any flagpole on anything. Yeah. Once you think once you think something is so and don't and don't sense the sowing of it, you miss the whole point. Freedom is not an event, it's an activity. Yeah? 
It's freeing now. Freeing, 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 freeing. Once it becomes freedom, it's somewhat nuded, yeah? Like that's... Look at people with epiphanies. They have an epiphany. Did you ever call up for a reservation for an epiphany? <laughs> Did, you? Did you know, oh, I'm going to have one, my monthly epiphany? I think I'm going to play golf in the morning at about 4 to 7 today, yes. Get the Kenny G music. No. It's sort of something happens and it, it inverts the linear story. There's an interruption. And what happens is self isn't remembered in that interruption. And there's a great joy in that. Yeah. And yet, what happens, it usually coincides with the end of the epiphany, this thought that I've just, I'm having this incredible epiphany. As soon as the selfing claims it, it will claim its own absence and make it an experience. That's what it does. It will claim everything it comes in contact with. So you see this, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of times, let's say that day, 25 years ago, 26 years ago, yes, I can make that something. My mind would love to make it and this is the verified pivot of my story, but it's best not to make anything, anything, yeah? And let nothing reign supreme. What let the let have let what's never happened or that or conversely always happening be the biggest influence in your life. Yeah? Not how it appears to affect you, but it's effectless state, you know, because you are of that. Yeah? Yes, you don't invest what ha- you don't invest in that day that you t- look at him and he look at you. You have no investment in that. No, there's no, nothing to mind there. It's over. Yeah. Could yes. you talk a little more about uh, the addiction to seeking and how you see that, you know, playing out? What, what, what are signs of... <laughs> <laughs> I think you've answered your own question. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out. If it sticks, then maybe look at it. This isn't about stopping this because there's no one there to stop it or start it, yeah? This is the seat assignment you're in. But maybe you can travel a lot, a little lighter and not take it so seriously. Yeah? You're not really going to get anywhere. Earlier, Paul? Yeah. Uh, when you were saying earlier, we're the reality that's yes. uh, creating everything. Do you mean we're not creating because it's only seemingly so. We're making it. Interpretation. Yeah. Giving everything the meaning yeah. that has. You mean the conditional mind? Is that the conditional mind is, is what it's moving through a lot. But of course, the reality, that, that feeling of reality comes from mind, not the conditional mind. But given over to the conditional mind and taking its idea as, of what you are as you, then, it, then you're lending the reality to this mechanism that's giving meaning to things. And of course, what would a thing do but then give the reality to another thing to reflect its thingness, yeah? You know what I mean? And then what has to happen? If things are so real, no thing has to be forgotten. Obviously. Because that would intrude on the party. <laughs> no thing. I mean, really. You wouldn't be able to take things so seriously if you saw the influence of no thingness. Yeah? You would travel either. Yeah. 
Do we go to four? <laughs> getting concerned now. I'm getting concerned. <laughs> I think you're scheduled till six. I'm six. <laughs> we got to get some foosball tables in here. I just played foosball last night. There's, no, Thursday night was great. After the talk, you see everyone's, they lost all spirituality, the competitiveness. <laughs> it was great, man. We would have torn each other's throats out to get one more point. <laughs> was there a difference in the, well, I guess the, the texture of your life before and after? Oh, totally. No, 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 in terms of entertainment, just things that you do to fill the time and enjoy yourself. Oh, totally. <laughs> I shot dope. Once you start shooting coke, that's all you do. You know, you're not like, oh, i got to go to my horticulture class. You're not, you're, not to, you're not going to any classes then. You know what I mean? You're not going on any junkets, no beach visits, no museum, you know, no. Unless you're meeting a dealer there, that's it. There's no, uh, it totally takes everything. Yeah. See, I know about devotion because I was devoted to that. And I'd match my devotion to drugs to any spiritual devotee in the history of spirituality. Hanuman, all of them. I gave everything over to it. I gave everything I could get from you over to it. I prostituted myself completely. I loved it. And I was totally powerless over it. Yeah? 24-7. If, if you, it would be the longest prayer I ever did in my life, those years of using. I prayed to that fucking God all day. And you know what? If any, if you could, I could not transcend it because it was an imaginary place I was trying to get out of. I was calling a mental state here. And yet the here was the solution. And the last place my mind wanted me to be was here. And it had me trapped in a mental here. All my interest and attention. And it produced exquisite suffering. I mean, we use the terminology in recovery pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. That does it somewhat justice. That's what it's like. When you're in a bottle, there's no observer of it. There's no little point of view outside looking in. You're totally encased in the dilemma. I mean, you are so it. There's no witnessing it. There's no observing it. You are it as it can be. And it, when it collapses, that's what brings about the possibility of a new day. Just like if you follow yin and yang, if you take a yin... Yin to the extreme, it turns into yang. You take yang to the extreme, it turns into yin. If you take an addiction and turn it, lead it to the extreme, and you don't die, there's a possibility it blows up to the other side. That's what happened with me. Then recovery became the new drug in the way. I'm high as hell almost all the time, but I can't get pulled over for it. I'm not getting arrested anymore. Quite nice. Consequences are totally different. Was there a process of being addicted to meetings for a while? AA meetings? Oh, I went to a lot of meetings, but uh, I still do. I probably go to more meetings now than almost ever, because I enjoy it. See, we have a statement called, there's a loving God expressing itself through our group conscience. So, let's say this room, there maybe there's like 50-50, 50% are assholes and 50 nice people. Yeah? In AA, maybe there's 80% assholes, 20 nice people. But when we all get together, there's like a sweet perfume gets produced, because mind demonstrates I love you feel a presence in the rooms. Yeah? It's like a healing tonic. So I love going there. 
you know, for that. I sense that presence. And I love, uh, I listen to people, and I can usually tell where they're coming from, and I know I don't want to be there. <laughs> so it's a very good reminder. Yeah. So, yeah, it's different. Totally, and now, my life now is it's just a totally different texture than then. Everything was very serious. Now the same thing that was taken so seriously is like my, uh, it's like a, an infinite supply of comedy skits. I can't wait to have you amuse me. I amuse myself all day. I have like 20 different comedy skits going on at once. It's a blast. Yeah. My girlfriend is a zealot right-wing Zionist. Because <laughs> she's of Jewish descent. So I, I, have a, I have a big story about her being a zealot Zionist. <laughs> and, and it's ongoing. I go on. It goes on for months. <laughs> she finds it humorous. So. so you don't. It's like you don't take yourself so seriously. See, if you take this to be you, it's going to be an urban renewal project. It's never going to be okay. You know what I mean? And your body will be so much better off when the mother, that, that mental mother head, gets off of you. Like a fucking egg. Yeah? The body will start thriving. I'm getting healthier now than I've ever been. And I'm getting older. It's trippy. When this was taken to be me, it was way too much. It was like putting two tons of stuff in a half ton pickup. This could not be the alpha and the omega of this whole fucking place. This way, it's like, they, you know, I used to flip me out when they say the kingdom of heaven is within you. And when I heard the word you, I meant me. I say, it's a very skinny thing. There's no talking in this thing. But the you he's inferring is all that we are, not this fucking identification. Yeah. See, but they, if you try not to take yourself seriously, that will be taking yourself seriously. You've got to realize that's a common thing. If you take two years of classes about the obsession with self, that would be could be construed as obsession with self. <laughs> so you'll be actually, like you just said before, you'll be talking as if it's a, 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 a different type of located thing when the activity is going on right now. Yeah, That's what we'll do. We'll say, oh, I'm studying the obsession with self, but we don't realize the obsession with self is the dominant theme, studying the obsession with self. Yeah? And it gets fucking ironic. Because you know, it's like that story of there's, you know, a man standing by the river selling water. And then this, I heard this guy share, it's an old Zen saying, and I loved it. He, he started laughing. He said, I'm like a man standing in the water selling water. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're totally drenched and you don't know it. And then you're talking about, well... Can you talk more about wetness? You're fucking totally wet. <laughs> you just believe you're dry. You know, oh, I'm, I want to have an experience. You're wet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the fish, you know. Can you, I want to study the ocean. I want to study water. You're in the water, you know, 24-7. <laughs> it was hilarious, really. Because <laughs> that's what happens, you know. Can you talk about this thing that I don't believe is happening, that's actually really happening right now, about it, and like a topic? Yeah, here. <laughs> this is the living demonstration of it.
<laughs> I mean, really, it's hilarious. <laughs> it really is. It's freaking hilarious. Uh, it's like, uh, I hate to get, get political, but it's like, uh, you know, people with the iPhones, it's like a, it's like a, surve- it's like a surveillance, a surveillance thing that makes phone calls. I mean, we're buying our own surveillance. <laughs> That's what it's like, you know? We're actually, they don't have to do any work. We're getting the next iPad, iPhone, all GPS. They know exactly where you're at all times. And they don't have to spend any, we're doing it. We're, come on, watch me. <laughs> it's like Facebook. They're, people have been spending tons of money to squeeze information out of people. People are telling everything about themselves and others on Facebook. It's like a giant plethora of information for marketing and advertising. Oh, yeah, have all of these. It's me. It's unbelievable. It's truly freaking unbelievable. It's a stream as you're trying to get out of what you can't be in and you're trying to get into what you can't be out of. It's that, it's, it's so extreme. I can't believe it's not being noticed. It has no subtlety whatsoever. It's just blatantly obvious. The problem is, what's always so, you don't notice. Just like gravity. No one was at a cafe today hearing people complain about the effects of gravity on their body. Not one. Not one was that a topic at any cafe in North Carolina today. Yet... It has a huge influence. But the only way you'll know about the influence is by its absence. So when you go into an anti-gravity chamber, now you know what it was like. Yeah? This is what it's like. What's always so doesn't get noticed because it's always so. So we get it pointed. Someone comes and points at it. And you know, prior to all this knowledge out here, you know it. This, This... you don't need to be... Con- you know it already. You are that which is being pointed at. And so there's an aha. Yeah. The what you got to watch for is the mental process will arise, try to claim it, make it an experience, and then you'll be trekking for experiences like a big game hunter. You'll have your big epiphanies on your spiritual mantle. Like the fuck... Look at that. That's an eight-pointer sand. Oh, that was incredible. It was that Esalon. And I was in the tub... And unbelievable. And oh, look at this one. I was just was just I was going to the store and I just felt the wonders of all things. It's like they're dead. The best thing they can serve you is that they fell off and hit you. Maybe that would knock some sense into Any questions? Well, questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to bring out the loving gaze. I don't like to do this.
I'm kidding. That's true with spirituality. It's like a freaking side of a bond. You, know? you can't miss because everyone in the bond doesn't think they're in the bond. <laughs> comes in, but you need an ear doctor to see how it's translated. Because I heard the message, I'm a lion, and I didn't know that my head heard it as, I can become like a lion. That's a different message, yeah? But the thing is, if the sheep is the dominant uh, reference point, yeah. if you're identified as what you're not, when you hear about what you are, what will be hearing it is what you're not. And it's going to make it into something to fit into the, the, the frame of what you're not. It's not going to open up to the invitation, I'm not that. It's going to make it into something and fit it into what I'm not. That's what it does. It's not a, a unique, unusual experience. I've seen it over and over again. I've seen it in my own life and I watch a lot of people. The same event occurs. So the point is, are you the sheep? If you're not the sheep, you'll prob- you can roar immediately. If you take yourself to be the sheep, you've got to get into a three-month roaring class. Yeah, you've got to start straightening your hair to make that little lioness look. You know, but if you saw your face, if you saw if you saw your true reflection, you would roar immediately. You wouldn't have to practice roaring. It's inherently, innately there. It's just not being accessed because we're trying to access this, access it as what we're not. That's what's precluding it. Because the what you're not is so imperative, it has to neuter any, any, any message about what you are. It has to make it into something that fits it, instead of becoming vulnerable and, and surrender to that which has been revealed, it will make it something, which will hide the revelation. And then what will happen? Then you'll get a taste for revelations and you'll keep seeking and you think, if I get enough revelations, it's going to make something happen to me. It doesn't work, you know? It's just seeing what you're not. If you see what you're not, and you get a couple of examples of it, there'll be a sense of being the seeing. Yeah? And in seeing what you're not, that's what you are. You are the seeing of what you're not. That's that, isn't it? <laughs> 20 to 4, is that good? We can all go swimming. I like to do that. You know, where, where I live, people get into so much stuff. If they would just get a wetsuit and jump in that cold ocean, whatever was bothering them wouldn't be bothering them. And you know what? If something that seems to be so, so cannot be so for an hour, guess what? It ain't so. I had that all my life doing these talks when I was doing them in AA. It didn't matter what condition I was in. My girlfriend just broke up with me. I, I, had, I was really sick. I had no money. While I was willing to take this position, be a conduit for a message to come through, I was relieved of all emotional, physical, <laughs> mental, quote-unquote, relevance. I was free. Now, it didn't last. As soon as the talk was over, then it would come back again, reformulate, yeah? But if you see something that seems so, 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 not to be so, you've got to realize it ain't so. <laughs> yeah? 
seriously. I mean, if everything is informing us of something, mind is using everything to inform itself of something it already knows. This is the game, in a way. The game. Addict wakes up, yeah? The thought of using and drinking was removed for 25 years so far, and it's still, it's still removing to this day, yeah? That's the joy of mind. It's using things here to produce a result. Yeah? Before it was using stuff to produce exquisite suffering. Now it's using stuff and events like the other day. I love birds, yeah? I was in Philadelphia. They have a nice yard. So I'm walking around the, 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 the parameter of the yard. And so I put my leg up to stretch it. Yeah? And right there on a branch is sitting a, a Greckle, uh, speckled gray woodpecker. My favorite birds. I have a wood, I have feeders at my house, and I have a window looking out, and I love when these woodpeckers come. They don't come often. There it was, and it did a, it did its show like a fucking dance routine for 15 minutes, just me standing there, like five feet away from me. I got this huge show. I was in this unbelievable, just in a pause, just reveling in this. Yeah, it was awesome. And what am I gonna, you know, was that noted anywhere? No. But it was an event in the many, many events. But it was such a beautiful, like, uh, indication of my own mind whispering to me. Yes? This bird, it's, it's, I just dig them. You know, I like hummingbirds, but I like these woodpeckers. And this woodpecker was just jumping from branch to branch. He, he didn't, he wasn't going to leave until I left. He was just doing his thing. And my, I called my friend over, David. And then I said, look at this, there's a speckled woodpecker in there. And it didn't leave, and it was doing its thing. I mean, what a joy. When I was using drugs, would I have seen that? <laughs> she said, oh yeah, bro, don't, hit, don't do another shot of coke. Look at that woodpecker. Come on, let's get out binoculars. Give me a fucking race. You know? Now my interest and attention is free from that slavery, and, it can, and it's enriching my life where it was enslaving my life in the, in the past. Yeah, The same interest and attention. Just like everyone in this room has tons of faith, but the faith is going to manifest in the vehicle it's put in. When you put it into the thought system, it's going to produce anxiety coming from the realms of what's not happening. You're going to have tons of physiological effects of what you would call fear produced by mental anxiety. And yet, nothing's happening, so how can you solve it? You can't apply a bomb to an imaginary wound. Yeah? Now that now my attention is out of that system of thought, yeah, because the bridge of the mind from all that conditioning to the thoughts that would use to facilitate the bondage of self, the mind, that bridge was blown up, yeah. The mind can't cross over into the thought. The mind can't cross over into the feelings. The mind can't cross over into the perceptions, yeah. And therefore, there's a freedom or an immunity. To that takeover, because of how it functions for that to seem to be so has been severely limited now. So now it doesn't seem to be so. And then you know that you, you know the problem from the solution. When you get relief from it, you'll know that was what's causing you to live so heavily. Simple as that. It's the identification as being a self. And it's not an event that happened to you. Because it never happened. It's only been seemingly happening to you for a while. Yeah? 
And that's the truth in it. That's the where the out of it is. It cannot pass its limitation of seemingly so. It cannot be so. You're the only thing that is being so. Yeah? You're the only no thing that is being so. All of this can only seem to be so to that. And that is what I am and you are. Now that's sad, eh? <laughs> I don't want to start beating a dead horse. Either. This is an imitation. See the sense of this pause? Entertain. Yeah? This, is, this, is the, this is the meat of it. The words are just a vehicle. What's being conveyed in the words is the energy. That's what imprints the mind, not the words. The words get into the intellectual, self-centered mail slot. But when the, mind, the conditional mind opens up the message, there's nothing in there. That's the message. It just walks away and it tries to get another, another message with a really nice script on the envelope. But the message is nothing. Nothing. That's that. Thank <laughs> you.